If you have your Bibles today, go ahead and turn into the book of Proverbs, chapter number 1. The book of Proverbs, chapter number 1. I know Pastor Randy has been in the book of Revelation for about the last 10 weeks. And uh, the Lord pressed upon my heart to, to turn to the Proverbs this morning. And the title of my message today is, Now More Than Ever. Now More Than Ever. And I just want to get an, an honest ass assessment of you guys today. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. How many of us are experiencing some fallback in our spiritual life? I mean, as you begin to watch the news, and if you, if you find yourself scrolling on your phone, looking at all the negativity out there, you know, having to distance yourself from some of your closest friends and even family members. You know, I, my parents are, uh, you know, they're not able to attend church each week, but man, they are being blessed by this live stream. And... Uh, you know, and I find myself not even being able to go see them and, uh, you know, as often as I would like. Some of my friends that I, I like to hang out with, I, I'm not able to, to, to have that time together as much. Uh, right now at New Rocky Creek Baptist Church and, and churches everywhere across our state, a lot of churches aren't even having service, as y'all know. You know, the, the, the Sunday school opportunities and the time to be together. So, naturally, there is a digression in our, in our spiritual nature. A lot of us are depressed. Some of us are, are sad. But there's so many things that are going on in our mind today. And as I prayed about the message for this morning, I wanted to encourage you. I wanted to uplift you. I wanted to find something, some kind of wisdom that to impart to you this morning. And um, so the Lord laid on my heart, you know, there was a man in the Bible that prayed and asked for, I told him I would give him anything that he wanted. And the man asked for wisdom. And that man was King Solomon. So today... We're going to look at what would Solomon say, King Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. What would he say during this pandemic? And I will encourage you right now to go ahead and think about reading the book of Proverbs in the coming month. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, so each month I'm going to challenge you to go ahead and start reading the Proverbs. So what would King Solomon say? There's 31 chapters. There's, you know, sometimes 20 or 30 verses in each chapter. Obviously, we don't have time to dig into everything King Solomon said. But I, as I sorted through it, I think I've narrowed it down to 10 things that I think will bless your heart this morning. So we're going to open up by looking first in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. And this is just an introduction. You know, the book of Proverbs, Solomon was writing the Proverbs not for necessarily himself, but he was writing this for future generations. And he even says in verse 8, if you're in the book of Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, it says, My son, hear the instructions of thy father. And forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. You know, a lot of people think that Solomon had in mind his, his children. And obviously, you know, his successors, being a king, the king of Israel, we know about Rehoboam, and that his successors would come after him. And, and would they... Uh, be blessed and graced with wisdom as Solomon. So the first principle we're going to look at today is found in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, if you're taking notes. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. 
It says this, Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. I love that verse. Heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. So the first principle we're going to talk about today, I believe King Solomon would would tell you if he was here, is to lighten up. Lighten up. Find ways to lighten up during this time. And um, you know, during this, what, what, what God has been pressing on my heart and what I've been trying to do is Man, if I start watching the news or, or just listening to conversations uh, around the workplace or everywhere you go, you can just walk down the hall at work or you can, um, you know, call your parents and, you know, or you can call a friend or a family member. And oftentimes it's, it's negative stuff. I mean, it's true stuff. A lot, of, a lot of it's true, but it's a lot of negative stuff. And what happens is the more and more you hear that, the heavier and heavier your heart becomes. And anxiety, that word heaviness, is really related to the word of anxiety. You know? Listen, guys, and this goes unnoticed a lot, but not only is there an economic issue in America, but there is a mental health issue in America. Thousands and thousands and even millions of people suffer from depression, suffer from anxiety, and now you add on top of all that a world where many people don't know. We don't know sometimes if we're going to have a job in the coming months. We don't know if we're going to be able to maintain our finances, keep our, keep our house. You know, we don't know if, uh, you know, the vulnerability of our uh, uh, older family members you know, uh, are my children going to be able to go back to school and learn? So many concerns, so many things that make our hearts heavy. How many would agree that my heart is a little heavy this morning? Solomon would say, lighten up. Allow the Word of God to lighten your heart. And that's what, I, I know we've been in Revelation for the last ten weeks, and I felt like the Lord said we need to, This week, we're going to lighten it up. We're going to look at what would Solomon say. A good word maketh it glad. A good word maketh your heart glad. You know, all of us have experienced some setback in some ways. Maybe it's in your faith, right? Maybe it's in your joy. You know, it's in your, uh, your, your testimony, your, your devotion to God. There's so many ways that we can experience this setback. Anxiety, heaviness of our heart. Let's move on to the next one. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 3. And it reads this way. It says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And uh, what I wrote down for this, for this point, for this principle, is simply this. Don't put yourself in a bad position during this pandemic. Don't put yourself in a bad position during this pandemic. And, you know, as I uh, look and, and hear everything that's going on, you know, I can watch a, a, you know, just this weekend I was watching a video and it was explaining to me exactly how masks protect me. And it was amazing. It was showing how, you know, this guy uh, basically, uh, put the mask on and he went into a room where 
and he had the light where only the, the particles that come out of the mask you could see. And I was like, wow, that, I, that definitely proves that masks work. And then five minutes later, I watch another video. And they have just as compelling evidence of how, um, you know, this mask may cause me to get sick. You know, and both had scientific information and both presented so well. And that is the kind of world that we are living in right now. So I'm not going to stand up here and pretend I'm Dr. Fauci or I'm, you know, I have all the wisdom. But I tell you what Solomon would say, who predates, you know, the flu virus and all this. He'd say, don't put yourself in a bad situation by being simple-minded. You know, and one of the things when I started praying about, well, Josh, how are you going to be? How are you going to be during this pandemic? And one of the things that came to my mind was, you know, um, I thought about the Vietnam War and how scary that must have been to get off a helicopter, land out there, Vietnam, not knowing if your life would be snuffed out. And imagine, you know, getting off the, the helicopter and someone saying, I'm not carrying my gun. I'm not going, I, I don't think I need it. Man, you don't see the bullets flying by, you know? You don't see the situation that you're putting not only you in, but you're putting now me in. Fifty-eight thousand people died because they were put in a bad situation. Right now in America, hundred and forty thousand people have passed away, and all I'm saying is this: is if all I need to do, if if the if the smart thing to do is to protect myself, it says the prudent man foreseeth these things. Right? The prudent man seeth these things and puts himself in a situation, hideth himself or gets away from the situation. And guys, if it's, if it's just me, then it's one thing. But I think about, you know, I'm the children's minister at New Rocky Creek Baptist Church. A lot of y'all teach Sunday school. A lot of y'all are responsible for your parents or your children or, or, or someone. So, you know, as we begin talking about how to have Sunday school and Awanas is coming, you know, this year, we're going to have to be wise. Now, does Josh have all the wisdom? No. Does, uh, you know, it, but we've got to be prudent. Don't put yourself in a bad situation. And we as Christians should be sensitive to enemies that we cannot see. Sin is something that you often cannot see, but it's everywhere. And the Bible tells us to, to, to protect ourselves. So all I will say during this pandemic, I'm not telling you if you should social distance or you should wear a mask or not wear a mask. I don't have all the answers. But I think King Solomon would say, don't put yourself in a bad situation. Because if you do, you can suffer the consequences. All right, not only that, let's move on to Proverbs uh, chapter 8, verses 14 through 16. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 14 through 16. It says this, it says, The counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. If you're taking notes, the third principle I think Solomon would mention to us today is to remember that God is in control. 
to remember that God is in control. Did you hear what he just said? He said that uh, whether it be a king or a prince who make decree justice, it is me who has understanding. And also found in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, I'll read it to you real quick. It says, to go along with what we're saying, it says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Many of us are so stressed right now and anxious right now because we're not sure the right people are always in charge of things. Doesn't that stress you out? When you're like, man, they need to have the best and the be of the best of the best for this, for that. But if you've been, you know, you don't always have the best person running everything. That's the nature of the world we live in. I mean, you can uh, go eat some fast food, right? You'll find that out. Or, you know, go, go to Walmart. Uh, maybe not right now, but you, you'll see there's not always the best people doing every position. Uh, whether it be president or senator or, or uh, someone in the house. Maybe it's someone at your job that's causing you anxiety. But you know what my Bible tells me? And Solomon is telling you this from the position of a king. Is, you know, if I was a king, I would think, you know, people are probably, as a leader, you often think people are probably not happy with my leadership. People are oftentimes not happy with the decisions I make. And you know what? If they're under you oftentimes, or you're their boss, there's not much they can do about it. And that's a, that's a point of stress and point of tension for a lot of people. And as I'm watching the news and I hear about, you know, our nation just seems to be falling apart in different ways, and I look at the people in charge, and I'm like, what, what can I do? Well, Solomon, who was the king of the greatest nation, the richest nation of all times, says, guess what? God's got our heart. Even when he would, would backslide or want to go his own way, he knew that God was in control of it all. Even though I can't necessarily, I can vote, I can, I can, you know, but my hope and my faith is not in my vote, it's in my Savior, it's in my Lord. And he can channel the hearts of those in charge, even if they're not Christian, even if they don't, you know, God can, God can channel their heart for your good and for the good of our nation. God can channel the heart of your boss for the good of, for, good, for your good. But if you are anxious and you're trying to, trying to, you know, sow discord and you're trying to, to figure it out and you're trying to you know, handle it your own way. It's not going to work. Remember that God is in control. Let's move on. The next one, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 27. Uh, And it says this. Well, let me turn to it. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Great proverb if you don't know it. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. If you're taking notes, the next principle I think that Solomon would say during this time, Proverbs for a pandemic, he would say this, to stay sharp and to sharpen others. To stay sharp and to sharpen others. Now I looked up that word, dull, and it means to soften, to become sluggish or boring. 
Hopefully the sermon hasn't arrived at that point yet. But uh, to stay sharp and to sharpen others. And right now you say, well, Brother Josh, how, how can I sharpen my brother and my sister? You know, as, if you're going to sharpen a knife, you have to, it has to, you know, it has to uh, rub against the stone. It has to, there has to be that pressure. There has to be that closeness for it to be sharpened. And right now, I, can't, I can hardly get close to anybody. I'm standing six feet away from, uh, you know, everyone, and, I, and I'm, I'm distancing. But you know what? There's ways that you can sharpen each other, even from a distance. I appreciate my brother this morning called me and said, I just wanted to see what the Lord put on your heart this morning. And he prayed with me. And he said, you know, when you get up there this morning, he said, I just want to remind you of this. Don't put on the glasses of guilt. Put on the glasses of grace. Because what happens every time you preach, Satan will try to attack you. And he knows that because he's preaching this morning himself. So just that little reminder, that sharpening. And I appreciate um, uh, Heath, who's here this morning. Many of y'all have met Heath and his wife. Texted me yesterday, I'm praying for you, brother. Showed up this morning, helped me get the mic set up and... You know, Katie yesterday texted me, I'm praying for you. Sharpening each other. You know, I, sometimes I'm bad about this. I'm bad about this. You know, but I'm not calling people and telling them how we feel. You know, as the old country song Garth Brooks sang years ago, if tomorrow never comes, Will the people you love know how much you love them? Have you tried and tried it? Have you tried in every way to show them how you feel? Are you sharpening each other? And now's the time to call Grandma and check on her. Now's the time to, to, to send those text messages. You know, people aren't going out that much. They're home. But that doesn't mean... They're okay. People are becoming dull. We're, we're getting sluggish in, in, our, in our desire to serve the Lord, in our, in our spiritual fervor. I'm admitting it myself. I've fallen back some. It's, it's hard. It's hard during this time. Stay sharp and sharpen others. Let's move on. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. I wrote this down. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. All else falls based on what we allow to enter our heart during this time. You know, sometimes we, we, we have to set boundaries. You know, we can get off on these detours in our mind and then, uh, you know, as we, uh, you know, we can become angry as we see that all that's going on in this world. And you can allow that stuff to, to come in and just say, oh, well, tomorrow I'll be fine. No. These things stay with us. Negativity stays with you. You know, if, if you're not guarding your heart, and listen, if, if, if you're going to, the best place, the best way to guard your heart, if you're wondering today, 
is you got to take it to Jesus, first off. And, and I know I'm on, I'm, uh, we're, we're live this morning, and I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, man, He loves you. He, he died for you. He has risen. And He has come to give you life and to give you more abundant life. And just like you love your children, protect your children, love your friends, those that you're in relationship with, God loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He loves you so much. And if you give your heart to Him, The Bible says that nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 35, 37-39. God will keep and guard your heart. i got to give it to Him. And the first way to do that is through belief and repentance. Maybe you're out there today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You don't know Him as your Lord. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now more than ever, who's got your heart? Who and what has got your heart? Everybody has to serve somebody. Who's got your heart? Let's move on. Proverbs 4, verse 7. You're taking notes. I simply wrote this to store up wisdom. Store up wisdom during this time. Proverbs 4 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all thy getting, get understanding. Store up wisdom. It is the principal, it's the essential thing. You know, right now, what's the essential thing? If I'm going grocery shopping, I need to... Everybody's buying, all the, buying up all the toilet paper. Everyone's buying up all the, all the uh, hand sanitizer, paper towels. The essential things that you have to have. Milk, bread. But Solomon is saying simply this. The essential thing that you need the essential thing that you need in your car, that you need in your life right now, is God's wisdom. I think about it at work. You know, I'm, I, it's become a, a constant reminder. Every time I'm, I'm touching doors and touching things, I, I grab me a little hand sanitizer and I, and I put it on my hands. And it's become a habit. You know, I do it a lot. I do it a lot. And... You know, but I have to go after that. I have to pursue that. I have, to, I have to get back to that source. You know, I have to get back to the source. Well, do we have that same passion for God and God's wisdom? Guess what? It doesn't take very long for us to be out in the world and we start becoming a little unwise. Does it take a few days of not reading God's Word and not being in prayer? Especially now that many aren't able to attend church. Wisdom isn't just something like a diploma that you received when you graduated from high school or college and now you've got it. Oh, I've got wisdom. It's, it's, here it is. I've achieved it. Some of us think we're, we've got wisdom just because we've got a little gray in our beard. Or maybe you think that you're wise because you, of your position at work. 
or the success that you've had in business. But wisdom and success is not always the same thing. It's not. And Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, says, look, I, I, hey, I might, he's probably being a little bit of hypocr hypocritical there because he got all the wives he could get. He built you know, all the, the mansions he could build. He, 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 he got everything that he could possibly want. And he's telling us that those things were non-essential. The one thing that is essential is wisdom. And in all thy getting, get understanding. Are you praying for God's wisdom during this time? That God will calm your heart. That He will calm your spirit. And that He will fill you with His Spirit. And the peace and the wisdom that's from God will guard your hearts and minds. Christ Jesus. His wisdom. And you know, right now there, there are so many different opinions about what's the wise thing to do. But the wise person, the, the person that we are to go to hasn't changed. Take your thoughts and concerns to God for He cares for you. Store up wisdom. The essential thing. Let's move on. Proverbs 18.21 says this. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I wrote down this as the principle. Turn on the power. Turn on the power. Imagine someone, you know, who, and many people are probably experiencing that, not able to even have electricity. And the difference when you know, the power comes on. And now we're able to, to communicate, to entertain, to see, to clean, to do the essential things. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can turn the power on for somebody. We've got to be sensitive to the Spirit. Just the other day, the Lord pressed on my heart, and I don't often share things the Lord tells me to do because I think you can lose your reward if you do it in the wrong spirit. But some officers came in to where I was eating, and I could just feel the heaviness of, you know, they just looked downcast and looked obviously discouraged. And, you know... I was trying to think, I, I want to say something to them, you know, to encourage them, but I just, Lord wasn't giving me the right words to say, and I'm sure, so I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to pay for their meal today. I don't have to tell them. I don't have to go meet them. I can see it on their face. They don't, you know, they, they don't have to know who I am. And, and you know, things sim simply like that. Can, can turn the power on for somebody who's about ready to quit, about ready to give up. Simple things. You know, cost you less than $20. Change somebody's heart. Someone who's, you know, right now the suicide rate is, is, is skyrocketing. You know, I think there's now, I'm trying to remember the number, y'all tell me if you know, but now not only do we have a 911 but we have a suicide number, I think it's like 988. Did y'all know that? There's now a, a number like that. I have to get it right because I don't want to give the wrong number for the suicide line. That's pretty bad, isn't it? You know, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. That would be bad. But, um, <laughs> so I need to get that right. But, yes, that is the, 
That is the world that we live in. Turn on the power, the power of the tongue. You know, there's a whole book, chapter rather, in the, in the Bible dedicated to the tongue and what it can do and, or, or can't do for someone. James chapter 3 tells us about how the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, and it's set on fire of hell. And, you know, that no man can tame the tongue. It is a, a worldly evil full of deadly poison and, and links it to that of a snake. And with that same tongue, we bless God and curse others. These things ought not so to be. Does a fountain bring forth fresh bitter water at the same time? No. We've got to start using our power. I, I guarantee you right now, I'm looking around, especially in the second service, we've got people missing, and some may be watching from home. But I challenge you, New Rocky Creek Baptist Church, to find someone to call that's in the church and check on them. And say, hey, have it. It's not about whether or not you've been at church or not been at church. That's not what I'm getting at. But call someone in our church and ask them, check on them. How, how are y'all doing? You know, is, is there any, anything I can do to help you? You know, people are struggling. A lot of people, you know, we, it's hard, we have pride and it's hard, it's hard to, to ask for help. And they may not even need your help, but they might need what you say. It might be just the very words that you say that make all the difference. Let's move on. I want to get through all ten of these. We're on number seven, which was turn on the power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Number eight, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 9. It says, to open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. The principle here, I believe Solomon would say, is to don't lose your voice. Right now, more, now more than ever, even when I decided to preach this message, I started to think of all the ways y'all can be mad at me at the end of this message. You know, just because, you know, we're talking some about the pandemic, we're talking about, you know, our leadership in the nation, we're talking about so many things that we all have so many different opinions about. And I don't think the pulpit is the time to give your opinion. It's the time to give God's word. But in the same time, God's word relates to our world. And if I don't give an application, sometimes we can miss it. And I miss it oftentimes. So don't lose your voice. Plead the cause of the poor and the needy. There, there are people that we need to stick, stick up for. There are people that we need to stand up for during this time, I believe. Now God has to put it on your heart who those people are. The racial injustices that have happened over the course of our nation cannot be denied. How some of that plays into today takes wisdom. To, to sort through. I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is I want to listen to my brother. I want to listen to those who have issue. I want to listen to, you know, um, what's going on in the world. Right now, it's so easy to just be afraid to say anything. Even up here, you can feel the tension. That, but you know what? We've got to we've got to speak up. We've got to speak from our, from conviction. What is God convicting you about? 
are, are, we, are, we, are we speaking up for those who are disenfranchised? Are we speaking up for those who, who don't, maybe they can speak for themselves, but don't know how? You know, just because someone can write a wonderful letter and send it to a judge, or you can, you can, you can pray the sweetest prayer and send it up, you know, God is a righteous and a holy judge. You know, you can, he can see through the, the, it doesn't matter what your grammar is. It doesn't matter what you, how intelligent you are. It doesn't matter if you got your facts right. God knows the hurt. God knows the pain. And he can see through your protest. He can see through your anger. He can see through what you're going through and, and help you, help you through that. But we've got to not, as Christians, to lose our voice during this time. What's wrong is still wrong, and what's right is still right. And the law is still the law, and, and God is still in control. We've got to stand up for what is right, no matter what. Don't lose your voice. Solomon obviously wrote that book, the book of Proverbs and others in the Bible, because he, wanted, he, didn't want to, he didn't want death to be the end. He wanted to impart wisdom to us. And that's why he wrote the book of Proverbs. And so many people have been impacted. And your, their hearts and minds have been molded and shaped through the wisdom that is, comes from, this wisdom was not just Solomon's, it came from God. Every good gift and every perfect gift always comes from God, according to James. Don't lose your voice. Or we'll be done. Proverbs 18, 19. Proverbs 18, 19. It says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. But his neighbor cometh and search... And sir, hold on, let me read that again. Verse 19, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. If you're writing the principle down, the principle this morning is be careful not to offend. Be careful not to offend. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. and Their contentions are like the bars of a castle. My prayer during this time is that we win our brothers and sisters to Christ. Be careful not to offend. Let's, let's look at our nation. Let's look at our church. Look at your home. You know, once you, the, the Bible says to don't provoke your children to wrath. The Bible talks about not being a stumbling block to those in the church. Be careful not to offend. Because once they're offended, they, they, it's harder to get, get to them than getting to a, through a strong city. Once someone has been offended, it's harder to get back in relation with them than it is to enter, enter a hard city. There are people in our church, there are people in our home, there are people in the nation right now that throughout the course of our history, throughout the course of time, have a grievance have been offended, have not felt loved, or have felt abused. And now, we're seeing the repercussions of some of that. It's hard to win your brother back when you've mistreated your brother. I think that God has shown me to, and He's trying to show me, you know what, there's hurt people. Jesus had a way of looking around the room and finding those who were hurt 
no matter what their cause or no matter what, he knew how to love and, and help in those times of needs. So be careful not to offend. Don't lose your voice, but be careful not to offend. Things are changing on a daily basis right now. And we need to be, you know what I like when someone, someone told me just yesterday, you know, the Bible is, and truth is, infallible. But you know what? Your knowledge of it's not. Your knowledge of the Bible is not infallible. There's some, there's some stones we've left unturned, if we're going to be honest. There's a lot of things in the Bible that I haven't prayed through. There's a lot of things that, uh, you know, that I take for granted and just assume. The Bible and truth may be infallible, but your understanding of it isn't. We need to be humble in our understanding of what's going on right now. That you think We may think we have it figured out and who's in the right and who's in the wrong. But I challenge you to pray through the Scriptures. Solomon would say, search the Scriptures. Guard your heart. Don't lose your voice. The last one will be finished. Proverbs chapter 21, verses 20, verse 22 says this. So not, say not thou, let me read it again. It says, A wise man scaleth the city of the mighty and casteth down the strength of the confidence thereof that a wise man scales the city of the mighty and casts down the strength of the confidence thereof. And I hate to use it as a backdrop, but it comes to mind. You know, as we see in America, monuments coming down. You know, people are, you know, and uh, we, we see people looking for things that we have, that oftentimes we've had confidence in whether it be our democracy, whether it be uh, our economy, whether it be our, our confidence in medicine, all that is, has been weakened right now. People's confidence in the past, people's confidence in the present, people's confidence in the future has been impacted. But Solomon says, and I wrote this down, what is it that needs to come down in my heart? What is it that needs to come down in your heart? The Bible says here that a wise man can search the city and can bring down the strongholds of the things that they have confidence in. And you go, you go taking down something like that, or you, you go taking down something that we have confidence in. What are the strongholds in my heart that God wants to take down? What are the strongholds in your heart that God is trying to take down during this time? Don't. Now's the time. The Bible says, I'm a jealous God. And that we're to have no other gods before Him. Let, every, let God be true and let every man be a liar. Is God on the throne of your heart? Is He reigning supreme? Is He the one that you are serving, that you're loving, that your confidence is in Him? Your faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask that uh, we all stand. We're going to close in prayer. I pray that, that, that God has spoken to you today through His Word. That there are things that we can do. I don't have all the wisdom and I don't have all the answers. But God does. And now more than ever, let's not fall back in our love relationship with Him. Like Paul said, forgetting about those things which are behind. Pressing forward to the things that lie ahead. That's what we need to be doing. Is spending that time with Him.
Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for those in our church, for those that may be watching. Lord, our hearts are heavy. Our voices have been silenced. Lord, we, we are confused at times. Lord, we've become dull. We've forgotten that you are in control. Lord, our wisdom has diminished. And Lord, help us to get back to our first love. God, you were the same yesterday, today, and forever. The wisdom that you gave Solomon is still true today. Help me, Lord, to love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, and all of my strength. In your name we pray it. Amen. The altar is open. trust that all hearts are clear and that some of these principles may help you throughout the week. And I challenge you again in closing to take the book of Proverbs. Now more than ever, look to God to, to fill your heart, to guard your heart, protect you, to give you that assurance that He is in control, that He'll never leave us and never forsake us. Thanks so much. Um.